the last episode, I started digging into how important context in Scripture is um, as we're going into this new series of uh, of twisting scriptures uh, of the scriptures that are the most twi- that get twisted the most often for uh, and produce destruction. And uh, this this podcast is about truth producing freedom. And when people twist the truth of Scripture, it produces destruction, not for, and not freedom. Um, uh, <clears throat> so that's what it's all about. Uh, that's the direction we're heading. Um, and we're kicking off with a huge um, uh, digging in deep into Romans six, seven, and eight. And uh, I keep saying we're getting into it, but we finally are um, right now in uh, this episode. Finally, going to really start digging in. I just wanted to lay some things out and share my heart on some things um, just to kind of get us in the right frame of mind. Um, and so we're going to get going. I'm actually I'm broadcasting right now, recording. Um, I'm in Indiana Dunes National Park uh, in, at, uh, in Beverly Shores, Indiana, um, right, right by Lake Michigan. So I just like kind of mentioning, I think I forgot the, on the last episode to mention, but I like mentioning where I'm located just because I do a lot of traveling and whatnot and I move and all that. Um, and so when I think of it, I'm always just going to mention where I'm at because it's just, I don't know, I like to. But anyway, let's, let's, let's dig in and let's, uh, let's see what Romans 6 has for us. And we're going to really break, uh, break, this, break this down, study it thoroughly, and clear up a lot of confusion. Um, and uh, it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite passages in Scripture is this in Romans 6, 7, and 8. Um, and so let's, uh, let's get going. I'm going to talk about, um, I mean, what Romans 6 really gets into is, us, is the reality of us being dead to sin. And since, since Romans is one big letter, and we've, and we've, we've already gone over uh, how, how, how it must absolutely be understood as a whole and taught, in its full context, I'm going to break down and examine one of one of the one of the biggest lies that people take out of its context and improperly teach. Um, they take the truth of the scripture and and twist it into uh, and believe these just crazy, crazy lies. And and I'm going to show us. I'm going to show how Paul's teaching is not at all what people claim that it says. It's the Romans 7 passage. Regarding, regarding Romans 7, everybody's like, oh it, oh, it talks about sin and how we are always going to sin and we do what we don't want to do and we, and we never do what we want to do and it's, it's about how wretched and sinful we are, etc., etc. But what people fail to realize is everything Paul taught and proclaimed immediately before this section and everything he... Everything that he declares immediately after it they completely forget about it. They completely ignore it. So people they've they fail to realize everything that he taught and proclaimed immediately before it and immediately after it, everything that he declared. Romans seven is Paul talking about before he was baptized into Christ and before he was saved. Oh, we'll get into this. You'll see. You'll see. I am not I am not talking craziness or heresy. This is the this is what it says. This is what it teaches. 
Romans 7 is, a, is Paul talking about before he was baptized into Christ, before he was saved. Read it for yourself in context to see. He, he is talking about how it was when he was a slave to sin and was living as a man, as a man bound under the law before he knew Christ, before he died to sin. It, it confuses people because Paul speaks in a first-person narrative, but it is crystal clear that he is not talking about he's not talking about his or our own our own current born again condition it is crystal clear if you read 7 and pay attention at the very beginning and at the very end it clarifies that even in 7 itself but 6 and 8 it, it's the whole picture is it is just it gets clearer and clearer and clearer as you see the whole picture and it shows you the end result and the answer to freedom. Romans 7 at the end. It shows you the end result and the answer to freedom. I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about when I get to that part. But um, it, it is also very clear when you see all of the parallel phrases in both chapter 6 and chapter 8. That this part of chapter 7 is sandwiched right in between. It, is, it, it becomes very clear there's there's so many statements that are literally in contrast against each other on purpose it was intentional you'll see this chapter 7 begins with an analogy about being married to the law then paul describes what marriage to the law looks like he is giving us a first person view of his personal bitter taste of life under the law before christ the law told us all the things that we were doing wrong, but it did not have any power to change us, which is not the case with Christ and His grace. We were married to the law of sin and death, but now that marriage covenant died and has been broken. And now we are married to newness of life in Jesus Christ. We now have been freed from the law of sin and death, Romans 8.2. There is no debate about Romans 7. There is simply the clear truth in the full context and biblical understanding, and there is twisting it and ignoring all the words that surround it and all of the other teachings of Scripture. And you will see after we go through all of this how clear it is in the comparing contrasts of the Scriptures. If you were ever confused beforehand about Romans 7, you won't be anymore. Just walk, just walk with me through it. All right, now we're actually digging in. Romans 6, okay? I'm just going to read a large portion of it to start off in the full context, and then we'll start breaking it down. So just, just follow with me, please. Um, if you want to get your own Bible out even, pause this and read it along with me. I'm reading in, in uh, the English Standard Version. It's a very good translation. I read all kinds of different translations. This is one of my favorites. I really, really love uh, the ESV. So we're just going to start in verse 1. Romans 6, verse 1, and I'm going to read all the way um, pretty far down. So it says, Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know 
that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. I'll stop there. Wow. There is so much there. Did you catch all that? It, did you catch all that? Wow. It's definitely a lot of glorious things. Paul, Paul said some very bold and amazing statements, which are quite the opposite of what people inaccurately teach out of the Romans 7 section. We, we already went over the beginning pretty thoroughly, so we will continue on from that point by digging into the next phrases. I already shared a little bit on the first, the first uh, verse, the first couple phrases. Um, Basically, just no, I will mention it briefly. Um, the very beginning says, uh, Are we to continue in sin so that grace would abound? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we still live in it? And um, that just gives us there's a lot there. Um, just it's not the focus of, of this walkthrough right now, but there's a lot there that's really powerful and it could go a whole other direction. Um, but what I want to focus on is that context. He's talking about grace and grace, 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 grace through Romans 5. And he backs up and says, wait a minute, I don't want to be misunderstood. And he says, uh, you know, because he teaches how like where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more, which is talking about how God's love persisted through no matter how far and how lost we were, that his love, his grace was greater and more powerful that the, the resurrection of Christ, the power of God's love, is more powerful than the fall of man, is more powerful than our, how lost we are. 
And so he just keeps talking about grace, grace, grace. And he backs up for a second. He's like, wait a second, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. He's like, should we continue in sin so that grace will increase and abound? Heck no. Uh, by no means. Um, we are those, he tells us our identity, we are those who have died to sin. How can we still live in it? So the reason I mention that is the context. People, this is where people twist Romans 6 um, because they say, oh, well, he just means we're dead to the punishment of sin. He doesn't mean we're really free from sin and that we can live free and not um, continue to commit sin over and over. And like, He doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean we can go and sin no more. He means we're dead to the you know, hellfire and we're dead to the punishment of sin and he pretends that we're righteous. Like that's the way people interpret it. But the beginning shows you the context. He's talking to grace, grace, grace. And then he says, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. We are those who died to sin. How can we still live in it? The literal context is actual sin being committed or not. That's the literal context. So when he starts teaching on freedom from sin, he means literally being freed from the power of sin and being able to walk in righteousness and not be under the influence and power of sin ruling in your life. The literal context is actual sin being committed on this earth. It is not uh, the punishment of sin after we die or, you know, we're free from the, yeah. It, the literal context is that it is actual sin on this earth. And so then he goes into all, all of these things. So now I'm going to focus in on verses, the end of verse two and then three and four. So, yeah, let's dig into this. How can we, let's read it, this section, this smaller section real quick. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. When we gave our lives to Jesus, we were baptized into Him. We were baptized into His death. When Jesus died, we died. We died with Him. That is what Paul has to say immediately after declaring how we who died to sin cannot go on sinning. How we who died to sin, how can we who died to sin still live in it? That is what Paul says. He teaches on the baptism and how we really did die with Christ. We really did become a new creation, a new human being. We are not the old man. We were changed. We repented. We were saved. We were born again. So that is what Paul has to say immediately after declaring how we who died to sin cannot go on sinning. We died to sin when we are born again and died with Christ. That is our new identity. We are dead to sin, not bound by its control. When, when, uh, we, we were buried with Jesus and, and shared in his death so that the reason why we were buried with Jesus and shared in his death so that just as he was raised from the dead by the father's glory we also would now walk in newness of life he's talking about now he's not saying we'll rise one day this is now the context is now 
we also would walk in newness of life right now. Our conversion is truly being born all over again and into a new life. We died with him and we raised with him. The last day's resurrection will be ascending. That'll be ascending. But we died with him and we were raised with him. That is the gospel reality. We didn't just die and we stay there. We raised with him. We're dead to sin, alive to God. We'll get into that. But we died with him and we raised with him. Newness of life is our destiny and what God now has for us. Freedom from sin and living dead to sin is our new nature and destiny, our identity. Newness of life is such a beautiful thing. It, newness of life is such a beautiful thing that is available for every believer. Embrace your newness of life. And embrace your newness of life and wake up every day with a new perspective. And wake up every day and filled with the joy of the good news and the newness of life it produces in your veins. After saying, after Paul said we were made for newness of life, verse 5 continues on with the conjunction word for. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be uni united with him in a resurrection, a resurrection like his. He's saying the truth of baptism, the truth of Jesus dying and rising again. That we are one in that full experience of dying with Him as He died and raising with Him as, as He rose. We didn't just die with Christ and then we're in the tomb forever. Still dead. We died and rose. That's what He's teaching. That's what He's emphasizing. We shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Then He says this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. This is a present reality, a present truth. He is not talking about the end of our life when we die. He is talking about our salvation. He is talking about our he the he's talking about baptism. We aren't baptized into Christ when we die from when we leave this earth. We were baptized when we were saved. We were baptized into Christ. And he's teaching that baptism into Christ, not just the literal water physical water baptism, but the spiritual reality of that, um, that it's a prophetic act of. And the spiritual reality of when we came to Jesus, when we were saved, we died with him and rose with him. And he's teaching the truths of what that means. We're no longer enslaved to sin. We are no longer bound. We no longer have Satan and sin as our master. We have a new master. It's Jesus. And we have a new enslavement. It's to righteousness. The one who has died has been set free from sin what Paul said. Paul has already stated as an absolute fact that we died with Christ. 
This is a biblical absolute truth that we died with Christ. And, and Paul says that in this case, we didn't just die with Jesus in our salvation, but we also resurrected with him. If we died in the likeness of his death with him, certainly we also are raised in the likeness of his resurrection with him. And, and we know, Paul says, that our own self was crucified with Jesus. Already done. This is a past event that has already happened. If you're a believer and you live for Jesus, He is your Lord, truly your Lord, and you love Him and know Him. He says this is an absolute fact. Your old self was crucified with Him. And so if your old self was crucified with Him, then you have a new self that was resurrected with Him. And that's why Paul teaches time and time again about putting off the old man, the old self, and putting on the new self. It's, it's very clear. Our old self was crucified with Jesus, and our old self was crucified with Him for this reason. He says it in this passage, what we just read. For this reason, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Other translations say, might be done away with. The body of sin. So your body is no longer a temple of sin. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Holiness. Your body is now a temple of holiness that is supposed to be dedicated unto God, which he gets into all that as well. So he's talking about now, he's talking about this life because he said the body, the body of sin done away with. He's not talking about the end when we die and go to heaven. He's talking about now. Read it. It's there. I'm not making this up. Yeah, the New King James words it really nicely as well. Like oh, I already mentioned it, but and it says that our old man was our old self was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with. We were crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. This is what this this is what Paul says. I'm just breaking it down. I'm just digging into it a little bit. This is what he says. When we died with Jesus, our old selves were crucified with him, and our bodies of sin are done were done away with and brought to nothing. So and so because of this we are no longer enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. <laughs> this is the Bible. Believe it. This is the Bible. Believe it. The one who has died has been set free from sin. Jesus is our Savior. He's not talking about at the end of our life we die and then we'll be free. He's talking about our salvation. He's talking about Jesus because Jesus is our Savior, not our death, not when we die on earth at the end of our life. Jesus is our Savior, and He says, One who has died has been set free from sin. You, as a believer in Jesus, have been set free from sin. We have to believe it's our new identity. We died with Jesus, and we are free from sin and all of its power. Don't believe the lies anymore. Don't believe the lies anymore. 
This is a statement of our present reality. This is a statement of our present reality. You'll see this. It just gets clearer and clearer. It's already so clear, but it just keeps going. We died with Him, crucifying our old self and bringing the body of sin to death and to nothing. And we resurrected with Him and are no longer enslaved to sin because we have been freed from sin through this death and resurrection into newness of life. Thanks again for joining this week's episode of the Truth Produces Freedom podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Jonah Smith Preachings and Teachings. You can comment, uh, send me a message if you, if you have any questions or if there's anything you want me to uh, um, talk about on the show. Um, and uh, I'm also on a WordPress blog uh, and I'm on YouTube as well. And those are going to be under uh, Truth Produces Freedom podcast. And you can get this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, please like, subscribe and share with people just so more people um, can get the podcast and hear um, the truth that's going to make them free. I just want to see people set free and walking in their identities. identities. So thank you so much for uh, joining and uh, may God bless you in Jesus' name.